DSOs who join us on average triple in size, not double, but triple. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I don't have the right information to be able to make decisions that I want. So then they'll get like, so then you have like the PMS here and then you have these analytic tools that go over the top of it, um, like Jarvis, Dental Intel, and that helps some, right? So there's some information that comes from those as well, but there's still a gap there. There's still things that people can't see where we saw heavy investment by private equity into DSOs. And what happened was there was this like acquisition boom. And guess what? It was further accelerated by COVID. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. But if you're going to grow, you're going to need information. And there's not a lot of options to get that information out of the PMSs. And today, you're going to enjoy this because I have Albert, who's the business and development representative for dental success over at Sika. And he's going to break down what his company does and how they're kind of the hidden middleman a lot of times. And you're probably interacting with them on a daily basis without actually knowing that you're interacting with them. And he's also going to give us the threshold of when it makes sense to start building out your own software so you can have the data that you need on a daily basis to grow the way that you want. You're not going to want to miss this one. All right, Albert, why don't you tell me how you got in the dental industry, specifically with uh, Sika? Absolutely, yeah. So growing up, I you know always enjoyed problem solving and finding solutions. And I sort of discovered that love when I was in college. Uh, I ended up taking two jobs to help out my family because, uh, you know, I wanted to help out my mom and my brother. She was uh, he was doing an engineering degree at the time. So I didn't want him to have to worry about the financials of a house. So the first job I took was being a tutor. Um, so I enjoyed being a tutor for the political science department. I helped a lot of students, you know, kind of rediscover their passion for for what they were looking for, because a lot of it was just, hey, let's get the homework going. Let's get that graded. But they would ask me questions like, well, what what can I do to kind of, you know, enjoy political science again? And I help them rediscover, hey, let's focus on this particular thing, you know, whether it's, you know, public participation or political theory, right? And then my second uh, job was in cellular solutions. Uh, and I really enjoyed that a lot because I got to listen and help people learn more about technology, right? You know, press settings, go to, you know, roaming data, find out simple solutions. Fast forward to my interest in learning more about artificial intelligence and data. And that's where I got the opportunity to, you know, pioneer the business and development team at Sika. And since then, I've pretty much fallen in love with the culture there and the mission that they have, which is, you know, to make AI and tech solutions more accessible. Because AI right now is the talk of the town. And uh, we're seeing a lot of it slowly get into and seep into the business models of a lot of companies, you know, in the industry, right? Not just dental, but everywhere. So mm. that's pretty much the the way I got into the industry. And since then, I've never looked back. So why don't you help me break down um, what you're seeing from a, like what you guys do. So explain just for like the common person what Seek actually does, because I think, I think you're one of those companies out there that touches a lot of people, but most people don't realize that you're kind of the middleman between the data and a lot of these vendors and a lot of the the apps out there that work off of data from the PMS, you kind of wedge in the middle there. And so sometimes people are doing things and they don't realize they're actually using your service. Uh, so could you explain that for the audience a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point to make, right? A lot of what data companies do in general, right, is behind the scenes. You know, you won't see the 
the compilation and centralization and extraction going on, but it's definitely there. So a lot of what we do has to do with providing operational insights, right, for companies uh, to figure out, you know, for example, how many procedures did we do this month, right? Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. What was our production and collection look like? Are we trending up or down for new patients, right? These are just some of the KPIs that we touch on. The main goal of our uh, company is to basically work into medical verticals and figure out what they need in terms of AI and tech solutions, right? And then basically provide them the insights that they're looking for. Um, we have seen a lot of increase in demand for AI solutions, um, especially considering that, you know, DSOs right now are growing at an extremely rapid rate. I mean, just to put it in perspective, like over the past 10 years, uh, DSOs have gone from 5% to 25% of all practices in North America. And yeah, and a key time frame of that was 2015, where we saw heavy investment by private equity into DSOs. And what happened was there was this like acquisition boom. And guess what? It was further accelerated by COVID. Because at the time, a lot of practices were trying to look for a way to integrate with, you know, organizations that know more about marketing, right? Because obviously, they're not able to go to the office, but they need to find ways to still conduct business. So DSOs are pretty much experts at that, right? Supporting mm -hmm. and marketing in every single area. And that's basically what we did was we, we saw this growth in acquisitions and we decided to say, hey, you have all of this new data now because we're acquiring all these practices at such a rapid rate, right? Well, we got to answer this key question, right? What's going to happen when you, know, you get this new practice and are they going to switch their PMS or are they going to keep their current mm -hmm. PMS, right? What yeah. about, do you have a way of, if they do keep the PMS, right, do you, do you understand how the practice management system works, right? Do you have a way of withdrawing those reports? And if they want to switch, you know, are we aware of the costs associated with changing the hardware and having a staff learn a new software solution, right? So that all takes time, right? But what if we could cut that in half, right? What if we could unify all of that data onto one platform instead of you having to worry about the PMS they had? What if we provided a gateway to standardize the entire business model? And that's sort of where we come in, right? A lot of yeah. organizations like, yeah. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. A lot of organizations like, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go for it. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's no worries. Um, I was just going to mention like a lot of organizations that trust us, like USOSM, Smile Brands, Dental Care Alliance, Marquee Dental Partners, 123 Dentist, Passion Dental. Like we have 28,000 28, plus practices under our belt. And right now they're, they're just all thriving and we're able to get that day to day data. That's awesome. And so, what, so just for our audience, so they understand too, like what are, what are some of the things that are holding offices back from? being successful of extracting their information from their PMS. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I don't have the right information to be able to make decisions that I want. So then they'll get like, 
So then you have like the PMS here, and then you have these analytic tools that go over the top of it, um, like Jarvis, Dental Intel, and that helps some, right? So there's some information that comes from those as well. But there's still a gap there. There's still things that people can't see. What What are your some of the biggest things that you see that are holding back the dental industry from a from like a data standpoint or access uh, access of data? Uh, that's a great question. One thing I would say for sure is compatibility, right? You want to be able to hit as many practice management systems as you can, especially when it comes to extracting data, right? Because what if you have all these great solutions, but they come at you with the Mogo, right? Or the Dolphin, and you're just not compatible with it, right? You can't offer that solution. Mm-hmm. Well, with us having 96% compatibility, it doesn't matter if you have the Dentrix, Open Dental, or EagleSoft, or if you have that Mogo, that Dolphin, you know, that uh, any other system out there, uh, pretty much, right? We can, I mean, we're compatible with 200 plus systems and versions, right? But something else I want to mention, right, besides the compatibility is the ability to accommodate, right? And the customizability. DSOs have amazing operational teams and we want to let them shine, right? So we want to make sure that we can unite modern technology with their amazing ideas. Another issue I've seen is you mentioned um, some other competitors, right? You know, with with those people, what we've seen is they can comfortably accommodate 50 locations. And after that, what tends to happen is the data starts to overflow and the platform can't get those day-to-day refreshes. Well, with us, we're comfortably able to offer 250 locations at once, day-to-day refreshes, no hiccups at all. And we comfortably do that for a bunch of places. And another thing is the com- customizability, right? Let's say that a DSO wants a report in a certain format, you know? So like we get all these KPIs into one specific report, and then we can actually send it to them on like a spreadsheet, for example. That way they can actually visualize and conceptualize it the way they want to see it. Because we're not a one-size-fits-all company. You know, everything has to be customed and tailored to, to what, the, what the client wants. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so what, so you, you can do 96% of PMSs that you guys can pull data from. Could you define that? Like, what does that actually mean? Like, what are you able to just basically build what any, basically anything anybody needs from, from the PMS or is there some that are harder to get certain information and things like that? Yeah, that is, that is a good one. I would definitely say that you have your popular systems, right? like Dentrix, right? Open Dental EagleSoft. And those are the ones that take up about 60 to 70% of the market right now, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the ones that everybody uses because they're easy to integrate with, right? And they're pretty easy to use, you know? So we're happy that a lot of dental practices are using those systems. Then we get to the more challenging ones, right? You know, those are the, and what's funny is it's not even like that they're challenging. It's just that there isn't, like a solution for it, right? Like DSOs are looking left and right for the solution just to integrate with it, you know? But these systems, it's less that they're challenging and more that they're just not well-known in the sphere, right? Because there are so many other practices that use Dentrix, Open Dental, and EagleSoft. Uh, the The more challenging parts of it is when it comes to practices that have their own homebrew systems, right? That's when integration becomes difficult. If they built their own system, then all we have to do is just learn it, right? But it'll just take more time to to integrate. So that's what I would say the the difficulty comes in is when you we just have we need more data and more testing to learn newer systems that are up and coming right now. 
Ah, uh, got it. Okay. And then who's the who's the hardest to integrate with? Like who are the people that you're who's the four percent that you can't like people just really struggle getting in and getting access? You know, it's less about the name and more about the type, right? Okay. So A let's talk about the, the type. Yeah. So you have different systems, right? That are more built in and traditional. And then you have like web-based systems, right? Cloud-based systems. And cloud-based systems are a little tricky because the data is stored somewhere else, right? It may not exactly be on the system inside the practice. It may be stored on a different server, right? And what we have to do is not only build the codes to get into the actual system itself, but now we have to figure out how to extract the data from that cloud, right? That's up in the ether somewhere. Mm. And that, I would say, is the more complicated part, right? You know, but a lot of it has to do with studying, right? One thing that we do is we take the time to study a system. Like even if we're not compatible with it, we'll always tell a practice, hey, if you give us some time, like let's get me, let's get some sample reports and let's go ahead and integrate for a little bit and see what it looks like inside the system so we can try and build integrations with it. And what's interesting is a lot of practices actually trust us and are open to us to allow us to test it because then we can give them the solution that they're looking for, right? Mm. Got it. So it's so it's the, a lot of the cloud system, but not all the cloud systems are hard to integrate with, right? So it's is there something that separates certain cloud systems from others? Is it is it that they are not? Yeah, yeah I'll let you answer the question. What what? So it's not all cloud systems that are hard to integrate with. What's what's separating the ones that are? I would say it's the amount of data that they store, right? Because sometimes percentages of data can be split up, whether it's on the actual system or on the cloud itself. Mm. And what happens is if, let's say, 80% of data is stored in the cloud, now 80% of our effort is going to be dedicated to going into the ether and finding it, right? And for us, again, it's, it's more about studying, right? It's not really an issue, but it's just a matter of if we go into the practice management system, you know, and we go into the actual hardware itself, right, installing our platforms, right, to integrate then what happens is if 70% of the information is right there, we can just take it. And then 30% of it will be on the cloud. Whereas if half of it is somewhere else and half of it is on the system, then it requires just a little more digging for us to get there. Got it. And then who are you guys like, our, our audience is like that five to 10 locations. They want to grow to like 50 to 100 practices. They're kind of starting to piece together their groups or their DSOs. Um, what What would you how would they work with you or would they work with you? Like how, who, what's the common way that someone would reach out to you and work with you that, that is of that size? Absolutely. So the audience we definitely like to work with is pretty much anyone, right? Anyone in the medical field that's looking for a solution to, you know, practice management issues or any other type of solutions, right? A lot of what we do is listen, right? For a company that implements a lot of AI and tech solutions, we're actually very human, right? when it comes to listening and diagnosing. So whether it's a small practice, right, one to two location, or whether it's an emerging, right, five to 10, right, emerging DSO, or whether we have large DSOs, we, we build solutions for everyone, right? And just to give an example, let's say you're a five to 25 location emerging DSO right now. We worked with uh, Dental Corp, right, Dental Corp in Canada. They started with us at 23 locations. And right now, continuing with us, they're at 650. And then we have another like one, two, three dentists, for example, they started with us at 15 locations and they've grown to 600. So 
These are just examples of, again, when you start as that emerging DSO who works with us, right? You let us know what we're looking for, and then we can go so ahead and me, provide based off of that. Sometimes they don't know. So it, it, just to push back on that a little bit, like sometimes sure. they don't know what they need, right? They're like, sure. I think I need all this. So they go out and they start cobbling together things. So like help help me through that. Like what do they actually need when they're at 15 locations? Is that the same thing that they need when they're at 300 locations? Probably not, right? So it's like, are, how do you help them through that portion of it if they don't know exactly what they need? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say for emerging, there are a couple of important points to touch on, right? And I'll give examples of it. One thing that we can do, right, is do something called fee optimization. So what that means is let's say you're like an emerging location and you want to know what kind of fees look like within your zip code. What we can do is provide information based off of that. And I would say that's one of the most important things is learning how your fees compare to other practices around you, right? Let's say within the zip code. Because at the end of the day, one, one thing that'll help you grow is revenue. And if you want to grow, you're going to need revenue. And best ways to do it is to figure out, hey, are you charging a lot less for fees than others in your zip code, right? Another thing that you're going to want to learn about is being able to map out and really, really dive into goals, right? And that's something that we do to help out as well. You can actually input your goals on a macro industry-wide level, right, for your group. So you have 10 practices, you don't have to go one by one. You can actually use one system to input goals by practice and you can use monthly averages or you can use monthly breakdowns, which means if you wanted to do an average year over year comparison, you could do that. Or you could break it down by, let's say in February, uh, March and April, that's when you have your highest patient visits, right? And let's say in the summertime, you have lower patient visits, you can actually visualize and see all of that. So uh, those are two things I would say are really important is to look into your performance and really dive into what what the metrics are. But those are the two most important things I would say. Got it. Awesome. And is is this just so for the audience? Is this like cost prohibitive? Like does it does it make sense at one practice to do this and build this out, or do you kind of have to get a little bit bigger to make it make sense from a cost standpoint? It's a great question. To give some insight. DSOs who join us on average triple in size, not double, but triple. And what we do is over the year goes on, they're going to start to notice themselves grow, right? And the reason why is because a lot of this technology does something that DSOs really, really want right now, and that's reduce labor requirements and go back to focusing on the patient. A lot of the solutions we offer go back to people, and that's the way we tailor it. We want to function it so that when you focus on that patient, right, the patient will remember you. And when you go back to that, right, you go back to what the whole point of, right, a dental practice is. So when we reduce those labor requirements, office managers, staff, hygienists, they can worry less about those menial tasks, right, that busy work, compiling reports one by one, having to monitor every single procedure. Like the moment you log it into the practice management system, we look at all of it. And we can just literally do one little click of an export and you have that report rather than having to go through everything one by one or practice by practice. Which is which is awesome. So, do, But does it cost prohibitive to do this at one practice or does it make sense to start having this conversation? Or when does it start making sense financially to build something out like this? 
I would say it starts making sense when you when you start reaching pretty much any point, in my opinion, right? Because at the end of the day, we've seen ROI, right? And we've met ROI uh, expectations for a lot of our clients. I would say if you want the golden room, let's say as like a DSO, I would say five to 10 practices, five to 10 okay. locations. Is that's where it starts thing. making more sense financially to... That's perfect. That's what that's what, what I was curious about. And then yeah. let me ask you this. If you were to start a practice today, let's say it's yours and you're, you're Albert and you're partnering with uh, Dr. Tom and you guys are opening up a, uh, a practice and you're going to open up a group of practices eventually, which PMS would you use? If I had a choice, yeah, go with the Dentrix Open Dental or EagleSoft. And the reason why is because the majority of the market uses it for a reason. You know, it's easy for solutions, uh, individuals like us to integrate with, right? But it's also a lot of the features ingrained within the practice management system actually make dental uh, dental workforce situations a lot easier. So any circumstance that they run into, they can pretty much cure with practice management, right? And the main thing that our integration comes with, right, is even if you have an amazing practice management system, it's about your scale, right? If you want to scale out and look at everything on one platform, that's when a solution situation like us comes in. But yeah, if, if you're coming into the industry, you got a new practice, go with one of those three and start out comfortably. That's awesome. How can people reach out to you if they say, you know what, I want to start building, I can't get the information that I need and I want to start building what I want. How, how do they reach out to you and get in touch with you and start start figuring out what that takes? Yeah, so... Gary, you and I met on LinkedIn, right? And that's the best place to reach me personally. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to, you know, be the face of, of the AI, right? And be the face of your first taste of it. Uh, so go ahead and message me and reach out there. You can also go to our website, which is Sika.ai. And we have all these different products in our marketplace. Um, you can look at to see if any of them kind of ring out to you. Um, it also shows the different verticals that we serve. And along with that, we also have a summit going on, which is pretty interesting. So if you wanted to get a general idea of AI and where it's going in the industry, we do have a summit. So reach out to me to see if you wanted to attend. That's awesome. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, I, I appreciate you sharing this with the audience. Thank you.